1: 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive Podcast. Of course, I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 1057 The Fan. And of course, my guy, Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports, as well as the Ravens reporter for 1057 The Fan. And of course, We got to still revel in the moment. Ravens win uh, 27 to 24 against the rival Cincinnati Bengals. And it has definitely been an interesting place if you're on social media the last 18 hours, uh, particularly if you know how Bengals fans have been very loud um, the past couple of years, but they've been seemingly quiet um <laughs> today uh but let's talk about this offense this Ravens offense um of course week one you know we saw a lot of things to be rever. you know they, they needed to make some some fix some things we knew and I think that a lot of us felt like it was rust um from the fact that they didn't play in preseason. Um, and so I, I, I felt like, you know, obviously it's only one week, so we're not going to get everything, you know, that Todd Munkin has to offer. But I definitely think that yesterday's game was something that I think showed more of what Munkin wants to do in this offense. And I think the difference that we saw between, you know, last year and this year is, You know, you take away the two tight end sets, something that we saw on a regular basis, and now you're starting to get three and four wide receiver sets. Um, And there's a lot more balance here in terms of passing, in terms of running. Um, And it's something that I think that that's what fans wanted, right? At minimum, you wanted more balance in a league that uh, prefers passing over running nowadays, right? And I think that, you know, when you look at the statistics, Cordell, they they had they they were good, they were good, and the Ravens had over 400 total yards on offense. I'm trying to see specifically what the number is. 415. Um, they had 237 passing yards, but 178 rushing yards so you know it just feels like there was a little bit more balance there in terms of what they were doing and running and passing and obviously the effectiveness of it was important so when you look at this offense is what we saw in Sunday's game a taste of what we believe this monkin offense will look like moving forward I, I think so
0: I think it's you know we got the good side of it you mentioned the balance being able to do both things well. That's what Todd Munkin talked about from day one, wanting to be able to run the ball when they have to, and then also being able to throw the ball when they have to. And that they've been a more of a one-dimensional team in years past. We know they could run the ball down your throat all day, but when you force them to get into passing situations, it wasn't the same impact. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, you got the ball spread out probably more than we've seen. In the Lamar era. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, five catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar only played 25 plays. He, I mean, you talk about efficient. He it didn't get much more efficient than Nelson Aguilar yesterday. Um, he's you know, and then you got the passes to Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers had the most snaps of any wide receiver uh yesterday, playing 77 percent of the snaps. Uh, which I'm perfectly fine with. Zay makes an impact, has the 52 yard catch, four yep. catches, 62 yards on five targets. Probably should have more if he and Lamar connect earlier in the game, but they were able to come back to it and make it hit the next time. And then they they hit, tried to hit on it again um to Nelson Aguilar as well. I mean that that slot that slot go was was there uh all game. So um I thought the the offense was exactly what Todd Monkin wanted it to be. Um, we already talked about the balance, but being able to stay on schedule, being able to sustain long drives, being able to put points on the board, because at the end of the day, Todd Monken has continued to say that that's his job as an offensive coordinator to score. Mm-hmm. Points. And that's what they were able to do yesterday, 27 points uh, by the Ravens. So, um, I, I thought yesterday was just picture perfect. You still had the run game, you know, and it looks different. It's not the power run game, uh, at least the power looks that we have expected to see. And they still mix those in there. They still yep. mix those in there. Everybody was wondering what Patrick Ricard's role would be on this team. I really never worried about Patrick Ricard. I kept saying he's a football player. He'll be fine. They're not going to cut him. They're going to use Patrick Ricard.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. If you gotta be a fool to think that Patrick Ricard yeah. was going to get um, you know, cut, particularly when you're dealing with the injuries right now that the Ravens mm-hmm. are dealing with on the offensive line. They were going to find a way to utilize him and they did just that.
0: Yeah. I mean, Patrick Ricard, if he's on the field, um, I, I think he helps them. And they did a good job of using him and not becoming one-dimensional. They still did some play action stuff with Ricard on the field. So it's not like they're tipping their hand uh to to and I, I want to say, um, I gotta go back and look at the play, but I felt like that bomb to Zay was a was a play action with Ricard on the field. It was a heavier look. And uh, look, I, I just like what I saw from them. They they were able to utilize everybody. We got some Devin Duvernay jet sweeps that were back. We got more Duvernay jet sweeps in that game than we probably got the entire time in the grand <laughs> Roman offense. Hey. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'll take it. You know, I, I think you'll take it. The, the Ravens show that you are going to have to guard everybody, not just Mark Andrews. And when they want to go to Mark Andrews, they still can. They can mm-hmm. that, that, that connection is still strong. The run, like I mentioned, the run game, Gus Edwards filled in perfectly. He, he was Gus Edwards. Justice Hill was there too. He helped as well. Um, You know, Lamar did what he did with his legs. I I just thought yesterday was kind of not even the peak of what the offense can look like. But I do think that's kind of more along the lines that if they're if they're looking good, that's the that's at least what you want to see with what we got against the Bengals.
1: I agree. And, you know, again, you know, playing your division opponent you know each other very well I do think that what works in the Ravens favor um is the fact that they weren't really sure what this offense was going to look like you know what the Greg Roman offense looked like but Todd Monkins, you playing them week two and not really having a lot of film on them particularly when the guys that you were playing against didn't play a preseason snap um you know you really just don't have much to go by but Forget all of that though, Cordell. It was it's not even about that per se. It, Cause it's about the fact of I thought that the offensive line played really well. Yes, they had some holding calls that <laughs> they just kept at one point they was like, yeah. I don't know, first or second and thirty or something like that. Yeah. It was it's insane. Yes, they had some mishaps. Of course, that's going to happen when you have two guys that are starting that are not starters on your line. And then you still have a new guy at left guard that just played his second game, you know, on this offensive line. So you're still going to have some hiccups, but I thought that they played extremely well. I am a big fan of Pat McCarry. I'm in the McCarry hive. (laughs) I know that's not a thing, but guess what? I made that up and I'm, I'm good with that. He is as good a utility player that you can move around to me as, as you, you got. Uh, which is why he got a contract extension. And then you got, you know, uh, Mustafer, Sam Mustafer, that you're just going to have to find a way to add to this um, 53-man roster. He's not going back to the practice squad. And so he's played well. And so to me, yes, all the new things that the Bengals weren't used to um, were helpful, but in the, when when the Ravens needed it, when they needed it, when they needed to get that first down at the end of the game, And everybody knew, you know, what was going to happen. Either Lamar or the running back was probably going to go and and pile forward, you know, for the first down. Um, They made it happen. You know what I mean? And to me, that says a lot about what this team really looks like, right? When Lamar throws the 52-yarder to Zay Flowers, he has time. You know, Lamar, I believe he had no sacks yesterday. I think he was the least pressured quarterback yesterday according to pro football focus so when you give Lamar time I mean it's really going to be a problem and you just really have to credit this offensive line for allowing all of these things to come to fruition because without them obviously they're not able to be successful and again it's not nothing special that they were necessarily doing it's just Man to man, you know what I'm saying, and and just uh, not allowing the guy in front of you to beat you. And it was as simple as that. And I think that they they absolutely played well yesterday, and I, and and it played a bigger part to me as opposed to like the new offense that the Bengals weren't used to.
0: Yeah, I mean they they ran they in the run game. They were mauling guys. They're opening up holes. I mean, they they dominated in the run game without question um even in the past game anytime you give up zero sacks and i think only one quarterback hit in the game uh i mean that's a credit to the offensive line and i will also say, and i and i think i mentioned this on the podcast uh after the game you know a lot of the blame I, with the offensive offensive line struggles in the first game i put on lamar being indecisive and i think him being more decisive and and, and more confident in what he was seeing and doing, allowed the offensive line to look better because they're not having to block as long because he's getting the ball out of his hands or he's taking off uh, and taking the lanes that they're giving him. I don't know what the Bengals were doing. I just don't believe that any team in this day and age is playing Lamar Jackson and not spying him because I, I just refuse to believe. I mean, and not that
1: Lamar How can, can you be, though?
0: Spy. How can you, though? I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's definitely too with all the weapons that they have. Yeah, exactly. You can't let his legs beat you. I mean, you 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 just can't, right? I mean, you if you're gonna if the if you're guarding Lamar Jackson, you're gonna try to force him to beat you with his arm before he beats you with his legs. And 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 it's still and it's not like he can't still beat uh a, a, a spy, like he, he's he's fast enough to still beat a a, a spy man. But it didn't look like the Bengals had anybody sitting in the middle of the field watching him. Because when he took those lanes, I mean, he's he's picking up chunk yardage uh, every single time. So I, that was, that was kind of curious to me that the Bengals really didn't make any in-game adjustments where it seems like that's what the Ravens do. We saw Mike McDonald do that a lot last year. I think he did that again this year. I think the Bengals made an in-game adjustment offensively. But defensively, yes. they kind of just... We're okay with letting Lamar have his way out there. And credit to him, he made some really good checks at the line of scrimmage. We know he has more control of the offense now. So we saw him audible into plays a couple of times that ended up working. So that's just him watching film, trusting his eyes remembering what he's seeing in film and, and making it happen in game. So, uh, you know, great. It, it makes Todd Munkin look good when Lamar is able to go out there and make the correct checks, and then they're executing the audibles that he's calling.
1: I agree. And and so, you know, it, it, I definitely think that this is the type of offense that fans were expecting to see. I saw someone <laughs> um, say on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, um, Put, put Todd Munkin in the ring of honor right now. <laughs> so clearly fans are excited about uh, what he's been able to do in such a short period of time. And I think obviously beating, you know, a very much hated division opponent makes that even more sweeter. So I expect more um, evolution from this offense, and I'm excited to see how this offense grows as the year goes on
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply.
1: Bank of America NA member FDIC. So we have to give some praise on the other side of the ball, Cordell, because we talked so much about the defensive backs and our concerns coming into the season with Marlon Humphrey being out. Um, You know, they picked up Ronald Darby. Um, as a result, who I have my questions about, not because I I don't think that Ronald Darby is uh, a good player, because I think that had he been healthy, he would have been one of the first DBs out out in free agency, you know, off the market. Um, But obviously he did have an injury. He tore his ACL in October of last year. So there were some concerns about how impactful he could be, you know, if he was even 100% healthy. Um, And then, you know, losing Marcus Williams week one, uh really just had people concerned about what this defensive back was going to look like. And listen, I mean, they showed up, they definitely showed up and as played as well as you could expect them to play. I mean, listen, you had Jamar chase five receptions, 31 yards. Now listen, T Higgins definitely had a good game. He had 89 yards and two touchdowns and that's going to happen because they do have a very good, reset with Higgins Boyd and Jamar Chase but Jamar Chase we all know is he wears number one for a reason because he's the number one guy that Joe Burrow loves in that town and he was definitely shut down somebody was going to have to eat and so unfortunately for the Ravens it was T Higgins but ultimately this team that is backed up in terms of having their starters in I thought played extremely well. Brandon Stevens was very physical. Our Darius Washington, even though he's a small guy, he got a lot of heart in him. Uh-huh. And, you know, he definitely loves the contact. Um, Geno Stone, I think that we were all, I think that we all thought that Geno Stone was a fine player. And I think that the Ravens thought that as well, which is why they gave him a one year deal this offseason. Comes up with the pick. I'm going to argue with you, Gino, about this for a second, though, because you're going to have to just cut inside and get Joe Burrow out your way. Joe Burrow is no threat to you at that point, okay? If you was tired, you can just tell us that, all right? And we, I think we'll understand that a little bit better. But ultimately, you know, with the pick um, that, that, to me, was pivotal because we don't know what's going to happen now if they get those points in that game. So I really thought that this defensive uh, backfield played exceptionally well, and we definitely have to give them their flowers because there were so many question marks coming into where they going to be able to, you know, hold their own in this game, and I definitely think that they did. Yeah, listen, the longest receiving pass was Joe Mixon for 32 yards, the running back everybody else the longest pass was was 20 so basically that point my point is is that they kept they kept everything in front of them as opposed to having guys go behind them and to me that's the most important thing you can to me if you can win that battle and not allow them to go deep on you then you always have a chance and in this case obviously they they won the game
0: yeah i mean that's the key uh, you, you look at the ravens secondary or their defense as a whole every time they play the bengal's in the mike mcdonald air it's been to try to limit the big plays, keep everything in front of you, make the open field tackles because this is a dangerous team uh, when it comes to yak yards as well, just like the Ravens are now Uh Jamar chase, we've seen him break off big plays and it hasn't always been down the field passes. It's been slant routes that he's taken to the house. T Higgins. We saw him break some tackles in the game on Sunday, but he, you know, he's a guy that can make things happen after the catch as well. So yeah, they did a good job being physical with those guys. Like you mentioned, Brandon Stevens, I thought had one of his better games as a yep. corner. Um, you know he he was he's always been physical that's never been a you know something that he hasn't had that's why they like him he's a big physical guy on the edge um but i thought he did a good job for the most part uh not allowing anything major to happen yep. down the field um you saw i mean he, he's not going to necessarily get the interception or anything like that, but he'll always be there. I stand by it. Next to Marlon Humphrey, he is their best cover guy. I mean, he is always glued to the wide receiver. Every single play, he is glued to the wide receiver. It's yep. just he's not going to knock a ball down or pick anything off. He's just going to be there to <laughs> nothing else happens. And I get, you know, you 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 take it. You'll take it. But they the, you look at the Ravens' snap share in the secondary – um, it was a lot of Kyle Hamilton out there who played yep. 100% of the snaps. Geno Stone played 100% of the snaps. Brandon Stevens played 100% of the snaps. Ardarius Washington played 95%. And then when you get to Darby and Rocky Sin, you got Darby at uh, 58% with 35 snaps and Rocky Sin at 42% with 25 snaps. So those two were the alternates in the game yesterday everybody else was kind of the stand standstill guy and they they pretty much just alternated with Rocky Sin and Darby and it was a nice little swap over there for Jamar Chase because I mean yep. they, they were able to find uh Higgins against our Darius one time in the red zone and they took advantage of that and I think his other one I want to say was against Darby maybe Um, but either way, they they stayed away from Stevens. Stevens is the guy that's big enough to to be able to match up, um, to to match up with Higgins. Uh, they they attack those other guys, which look, they're going to find their mismatch. That's fine. But Chase, that play that Rockyerson made in the end zone on Chase, amazing. I mean, huge, huge play on such a dynamic receiver that usually wins those one on one battles. Uh, credit to Rockyerson. Uh, being able to make a huge play uh, right there because you can make the argument that could be the game when it's all said and done. Um, So huge play for him. Geno Stone getting the interception, like you said. I thought Kyle Hamilton was flying all over the field. I saw plays where, you know, the ball is thrown to a receiver. He's not even guarding, but he leaves his man to go over there. It was a play. I think T. Higgins ran a curl route on Ardarius Washington in the slot and and Kyle Hamilton had, and, and Ardarius Washington ended up falling on the route. And if not for Kyle Hamilton getting over there as fast as he did, I mean, it, that may, that may have been a huge play. And I remember Kyle Hamilton making another open field tackle on third down uh, against a receiver that would have turned out to be a huge first down. So all of those guys really stepped up, especially with the losses of Marcus Williams and, and Marlon Humphrey against that team that, has taken advantage of the Ravens when they've had those injuries on the back end yep. in the past.
1: They didn't that didn't happen on Sunday. I agree. And look, with the pass rush being questionable, I think still, you you really were concerned about how this defensive backfield was going to hold up. And it felt like in the second half, you know, the Bengals kind of figured things out a little bit. Um, until like the fourth quarter, I definitely felt like that they put some more, the end of the fourth quarter, I felt they put some more pressure um, mm-hmm. on the borough. But, you know, coming out of the, the halftime, it did feel like that the the pass rush just wasn't effective um, or like the four-man rush wasn't effective. So to have the defensive backfield hold it down the way that they did is huge when, you are, when you're talking about a backfield that is missing two of their biggest players. You know what I mean? And while you know that Marlon Humphrey is going to come back, We don't know when Marcus Williams will come back. We have no idea when he'll be back. So um, I wanted wanted to give them their flowers, man, because they definitely held it down. I love Adarius Washington. Yes, it is definitely a mismatch when you're against T. Higgins. It ain't really much you can do because Adarius Washington ain't that tall. But he got the heart, and that's the part that I love about him. Um, and that you just want a guy like that that's going to be there continuously making plays. And they tackled well, too, yesterday, mm-hmm. Cordell. I mean, yeah, there was a couple of misses here and there. But for the most part, especially in the second half at the end of the game, they weren't allowing them to, like, get the extra yards that, that they normally probably would because we've seen – the secondary missed tackles before. Right. And I thought for the most part, they did a good job. So it, it's definitely something that we had to specifically talk about because there were so many concerns coming, you know, into this game.
0: It's mainly why I chose the Bengals to win. Because I thought, <laughs> honestly, I thought, I thought that this was the worst time to be dealing with secondary uh issues. Uh, and, you know, they they stepped up
1: in a big way for sure. Absolutely. So with the Ravens 2-0, when you start looking at the league, Cordell, we talk about the AFC in particular. We've talked about them essentially all summer long, about how much of a gauntlet the AFC is. Um, And it feels like the top team and the top seed, the number one seed, obviously I know that there's 15 more games to be played well aware however as of right now early on it feels like the AFC is wide open and why do I say that well the Bengals are on too yes I know they started this way last year but Joe Burrow is dealing with an injury which by the way he said he felt like he reaggravated after yesterday's game and if you watch him go to the sideline at the end of the game you saw him limping so he doesn't look 100% right uh, they're 0 and 2 um the chargers are 0 and 2 the bangles uh excuse me the bills the jags the chiefs are 1 and 1 the jets 1 and 1 but we know that they don't have Aaron Rodgers who they they're definitely not. thought that that they're you know that they were going to be the dolphins are 2 and 0 i, I definitely got to bring them up because they mm-hmm. look fantastic the patriots mm-hmm. 0 and 2 so you start looking around And it feels like, listen, it it definitely, you you don't want to go against Patrick Mahomes because at the end of the day, he is still Patrick Mahomes. But the first two weeks, they've looked a little lackluster. Um, Then when you start looking at the other team, the Jags. I mean, I don't know how the Jags only got nine points against the Chiefs, who we know is it that good on defense? Yes, they got Chris Jones back. I am well aware of that. But they're not that great on defense. So I'm not really sure how with all of the talent the Jags had only ended up with nine points. Um, and so the Bills still can't necessarily run the ball consistently. And so you wonder, do the Ravens have a real chance? to Do some things in the AFC because as of right now, it's early. But as of right now, to me, the Ravens and the Dolphins look like two of the more complete teams around in the AFC.
0: Yeah, I, I, I could get, I could get with that. I mean, the Dolphins look great right now. I I can't lie to you, the Dolphins look really good, and they're they're a scary team for reasons we already know they're they're so fast they've got the explosive players um and that's with Jalen Ramsey not even being there on the defense they they still look pretty good right now um the Ravens you're right I I think the Ravens do look like one of the more complete teams um there and their issue is what it's always been injuries Can, can can they stay healthy enough and I think and I've, and this is no secret. As long as number eight's on the field, I think that they will always have a chance. He is the one guy they will never be able to afford to lose, and that's kind of the case for most teams. Any team that most teams that lose their their, their starting quarterback, they're done. Case in point, the Jets. As great as that defense is, as many weapons as they have offensively. The Jets are done because Zach Wilson can't do but so much. Um, But the Ravens and the Dolphins right now, they, they do seem to be those two teams that scare you the most. I still got to give respect to the Chiefs because they always are there. And Mahomes. Yes,
1: you can't. You can't. I can't. Take them really. out. I ever. can't. But
0: everybody else. I'm I'm not surprised about I've never been sold on the Chargers. The Chargers are I'm surprised Brandon Staley still has a job after the stunt he pulled. I think to. he
1: is a scammer.
0: Yeah. I he think is. Brandon,
1: I think Brandon Staley is a Brandon scammer. That's what we <laughs> need to start calling him. Like Joanne the scammer. Brandon the scammer. Okay. Yeah. Because this team is too talented. They mm-hmm. have too many players on both sides of the ball. I can even name guys on defense, Cordell. And somehow, some way, they're underachieving every single year. I, mean, I just do not understand.
0: It's, it's him. They, I mean, he runs his. T- he lets a computer run his team, and it's not even a case by case situation with him. It's just, I I'm not against analytics, but he makes me want to be against analytics as much as he leans on it, and is and is killing his team uh right now but yeah i don't buy the chargers never have really never will the bills i still I, i'm going to keep my eye on the bills um i can't i can't completely dismiss them just because they are a really good team and i do think they'll be a tough out but when you see josh allen and his carelessness when it comes to uh not turning over the ball it, that kind of stuff will come back to bite you when it matters most so um, i I still like the Ra- I, I would I would like the Ravens chances against the bills right now especially if it's going to be a night where Josh allen is looking to give the game away um the Jags are in a bad division so they probably will still be there in the end, but I don't expect much of them when we when you get to the when you get to january i I think mm-hmm. the Ravens should be able to beat them and they'll have their chance um uh to play the Jags. Again, they'll have their chance to see this Dolphins team later on in the year. So we'll we'll really get to see what it's like as the year goes on. I still think the Bengals will come back at some point, but I don't think yes. that the Bengals will be that AFC championship team again. I don't, I don't, I I don't think that they're better than the Ravens when Lamar's on the field. I'ma just put it like that. Um, so, I
1: mean, they were barely better with Lamar, not on the field in the playoffs, barely. I mean, it it took a defensive play for them to win that football game. So I agree with you there. Um, you know, again, it's very early. So we know that it's, that these teams can turn it around. You know what I mean? It's definitely possible for these teams to get themselves together. Um, but it, it definitely feels like maybe there's not as much dominance as we thought it would be from specific teams, Um, I think that you'll start seeing teams press like the Bengals, potentially the bills who might feel like their window is starting to close a little bit. Um, So you'll feel some pressing there and it's for the Bengals. It sucks for them. If Burrow is dealing with a nagging calf injury for the entire season, right? Because yeah, he can still throw the ball from the pocket, but you know, a part of what he does is he can extend the play. He can move around. And so if he, if he's not able to do that comfortably, that, bodes as a problem um for the Bengals, um and also you know them not finding their pass rush and and what did i say what did i say in terms of that secondary listen i felt like that secondary was ripe for the picking and when lamar had time they were doing what they were doing because you know it's hard to, to make up for losing two really good players that you have, at least in, 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 the, in the interim, right? I don't know how this will go for the, during the season. Um, and they did they did draft the guy um this past season, so I understand, and they, they could get into a groove later, but it's gonna be some growing pains, I felt like in that secondary. Um, but ultimately, you know, the Chiefs again, like they don't have a number one receiver. Outside of Travis Kelsey, and he's the tight end, you know, like it. They didn't last year though, either. No, nah, Juju was a number. I mean, Juju was a number one. Like we could we y'all want to argue it, but the numbers said that he had twice as more. I think he had more yards than all the other wide receivers on that team. Was sure, I mean so, yeah, I so, mean I'll,
0: I'll give you that. On for them, he was he was their number yeah. one. But it was kind of like the Ravens situation where it's like Demarcus Robinson was the Ravens number one last
1: year. You gotta give him more credit than <laughs> I that. I mean that's, uh, that's how I look. That's how I look. I, know, I feel like having Juju on that Thursday night game would have helped them win that game. That's all I gotta say to that. Probably. I mean it would, it wouldn't have been dropping no passes like Kadarius Sony. But hey, uh, that's not here nor yeah. there, right? I give you that. So so I, I'm just saying that you know the Chiefs are interesting, right? Because I think we're used to seeing them being dominant. And then that if you saw that game yesterday, they struggled for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think we're just curious to see, you know, who's really going to step up. And early on, look, this is what the Ravens do, right? They they always come out hot early. Mm-hmm. I think the issue obviously has been Lamar's health moving down the stretch. So it will be interesting to see if he can stay healthy, how they'll look moving forward. But it does feel like the AFC might be ripe for the picking. It could. I mean,
0: I I I won't disagree with that. I, okay. I, I still. I mean, I I'll stand by. I still think until the Chiefs show me otherwise, they're still at the top. Uh, when it when you get to January, because they they just always find a way to do it. they you're right. Their defense ain't that great, but for whatever reason, Steve Spagnola and I think it's really him. Uh, he's, he's he historically has been a really good defensive coordinator. He's the guy that took down that undefeated Brady-led Patriots team with the Giants that year. So he's he's always been a great defensive mind. But outside of them, I, like I said, I don't think the, the Bengals will be that AFC championship team. The jury is still out on if the Bills can get back to that level. The Dolphins scare me. I won't lie about that. Uh, but the Ravens right there, the, the Ravens you have to you have to say that the Ravens are in the conversation as long as they're healthy enough to be so. And I think I'm going to say that they're healthy enough until number eight ain't on the field, you know, because that that's that's the straw that breaks the Campbell's back uh, for, for the Ravens. So yeah. as long as he's out there, yes, the, the Ravens definitely have a chance to to be a team that's representing the AFC when it's all said and done and even getting there. You know that's when that's when it's going to be time for you know Lamar and these guys to really show that they're worth the the money and the investment and and everything that has gone into the the reconstruction of this team. That's when it's all going to have to show its weight and gold. Uh, I think in January and the Ravens know that the the goal for the Ravens is no longer to make the playoffs. It's to make something happen in January. They they all understand that very well. Um, and and right now, look, they've got the Colts this week coming up. We don't think highly of the Colts. No point in sugarcoating it. Uh, whether Anthony Richardson plays or not, it it should be a win for the Ravens. But those next two games are division role games as well. We'll see. We'll see how those go. And not that I don't think that the Ravens aren't better than the Browns and the Steelers, I do. But it's division games. It's role game. You know,
1: you you just never know absolutely for sure and the Browns have definitely re-posted their roster and remember on this podcast I picked that the Browns would be better than the Bengals so I feel like the Browns at the very least are better than the Bengals I don't know to what degree but we'll find out sooner or later and then as of right now the Bengals are uh oh and two in the division one being against the Browns who they didn't even score a touchdown on so We'll see how that goes. And against, and of course, the Steelers is always going to be the Steelers, regardless if you think that they're underwhelming or they're not going to be as good. They're still going to fight to the very end. So we'll definitely see how that goes. Our next episode, of course, we will be previewing the Colts game. I'm not sure if we'll know by then what the status is on Anthony Richardson, but Hey, they got other quarterbacks, right? I have to assume Gardner Minshew would get the nod if Anthony Richardson can't play, but we're, we're well-versed enough that we can have a conversation about both of those guys. So we'll be talking about the preview against the Indianapolis Colts, and then we'll do our picks and see who we think will win this game. Let's see if Cordell is finally... On the Ravens' wagon, since he wasn't on there last
0: <laughs> week. <laughs> well, it was first week. I picked him against the Texas. I'm probably Oh, really? Well, yeah. Score alert, I'll pick him again against the Colts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out what the score will be for Cordell uh, on our next episode. We want to thank you all for listening. So, from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.